looking round, I finally see I think I need a change The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free It's a Studying podcast. This is your host, Rachel Jameson. Today I have, to me, an exciting interview. Some of you also may know the person I'm going to interview. I have been following Justin Rhodes and his family with Rebecca and their children. They have five children for several years now. In fact, I started following them right around the time he started making the videos for his. Um, YouTube channel and his first video called Permaculture Chickens. And at that time, they just had chickens and a garden. And he made this fantastic uh, video series on how to grow chickens without any feed. And I just loved it. And I was hooked and I loved their family and I loved his approach to his blog. And that was, I believe, in 2016. So it's been quite a while since I have followed Justin and Rebecca and their family. So I am just really, really excited for you guys to hear this interview. And um, I was really excited to interview Justin. I hope you enjoy. So you are a quite, you're quite popular on YouTube, Instagram, etc. You have your own phone app, membership program, and even television channel. I think that's what you call it. That also highlights other homesteaders and farmers. But tell the backstory of how Justin and Rebecca Rhodes ended up here. The story of the struggles you endured that made you start. It's something many of us folks Um, don't know, and I'd love to hear you share it. Yeah, and imagine you're talking about starting homesteading. So uh, I would say, well, I'm on family property. Uh, Grandpa bought this land, the 75 acres, and... 1932 back in those days if you did not grow it you did not eat it wow. uh but uh and he paid 500 for the 75 acres now it's probably worth four or five million dollars it's crazy um but needless to say it's paid for <laughs> i know i'm yeah. uh, my, my my dad bought it from him and then i bought it from my dad um uh, so I always, though, wanted to live in the country and I always loved it up here for whatever reason. Uh, but I should say my dad forsook the farming, you know, uh, grandpa was sustenance farming. But then my dad had the opportunity to be a businessman and traveling businessman and figured it was just better and cheaper just to buy it at the store, which he was right. I mean, it, it, pound by pound, it was more efficient for him to just travel, make 100 grand a year and just buy his food at the grocery store. Well, I'm like many people who have uh, grandpa or uh, great-grandpa used to do this. And now they don't, and they didn't pass it on. Somewhere along the line, somebody was almost disgruntled even. Uh, I wouldn't say my dad was disgruntled. He had, he, 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 he even kept cows though on, on, I can remember him keeping cows. And I think he did that though for tax purposes, just the tax right off and maybe nostalgia. Right. But needless to say, he didn't pass on these, traditional skills to me. And so, but I did like living in the country and my dad, my dad liked letting us do whatever we wanted in that country. You know, we rented from him and then eventually bought it, but he let us have a mountain board course here when I was a professional mountain boarder. And uh, at some point we did a ministry and we had that here and all this stuff. So he always supported that. And I think that's important and I always loved the land. And so then when, when Rebecca we're just living in the country. We like, we like the lights out at night, you know, and we don't like neighbors uh, growing food or not. And then, so Rebecca got convicted about what we were drinking. I should say it was the conventional milk. Uh, Oh no, this has hormones in it. And I don't think she even knew about GMOs at the time, but it was hormones or this and that. And so Justin, we got to get rid of this. And so we did, and we replaced it with organic milk. And that was one thing, you know, just replace the conventional milk with organic milk. I mean, it's probably four times as expensive, probably at least twice as expensive. And uh, 
not a real big deal until we start running out of other things and she wants to replace it with organics. And then the bill just starts skyrocketing and we were on limited income then and uh, can only, we're only making so much money and enjoyed being at home and living frugal and stuff like that, being able to travel. And then, and then, uh, but uh, being a man who wants the garden of peace, cultivate the garden of peace. Yes, dear. Uh, going after all these foods, but then really being forced to find a way to make it happen. And long story short, we're checking out one day at at Whole Foods, and it's very expensive. Once you start, and that's it too, you know, we're starting to replace our foods with organic, but then, then eventually we start eating Whole Foods. Not Whole Foods to store, but like Whole Foods. Right, yep. Non-processed foods. And that's more expensive. You go to the outer aisles of the grocery stores. That's where all your Whole Foods are. Your meat, your vegetables, your fruit. That ends up being more expensive. So we're checking out one day and it's just skyrocketing. And I look over and I see the seed pack at the checkout counter. And I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. And I go over and look at the seed pack. And I'm thinking, huh? And there's like um, a bundle of kale or whatever it is we're checking out. It's $3. Well, a seed pack of kale is $3 and there's a hundred seeds in there. So wait a minute. That'll a hundred seeds will give me at least a hundred bunches. And this it's about the same price as this bundle of kale. Wait a minute. We're a hundred X. I can hundred X my money. If I just take my $3 and spend it on the, on the seed packet, I had the land. I had no idea how to garden or anything like that, but we, we did it. I mean, I, I did it. We, uh, it was her motivation for health, but then my motivation to save money and use what we had. And we, we got the seed packet and we had no idea how to grow a garden. So we just racked our brains for our friends or family. And finally we remembered her parents' friends had a garden and they just did a really good job with it. So we asked him if he would help us. Of course, because if you, if you're a newbie gardener and you call somebody who's been gardening for 20 or 30 years they're going to love to come help you. Oh yeah. That's their, that's their passion. That's their baby. And they love to love to help people. And they, they helped us. And, you know, it's maybe not necessarily the way we would garden now. You know, he came over with his tiller. We've right. learned, yeah. since learned, we don't till, but we did something and we got a garden going. And that's, what's important is that you just get something going. And then once you have that going, you've, you've gotten good at it you come into some success, then you just want to just keep getting better. And that's eventually what happened to us is we just kept expanding. I mean, we start with a garden, but you know, pretty soon we're having chickens. And, and before you know it, we were buying that convention. We, we replaced our conventional milk with, with organic milk, but now we have a daily rotationally grazed, hundred percent grass fed, A2, A2 raw milk. Cow. <laughs> no, cow. And not just one, we have so three. <laughs> but it all starts with first getting rid of that conventional milk and going to a more yeah. in, in the journey. We got rid of the conventional milk to organic. And then we were buying raw milk. And then we were getting the family cow. Well, you know, then we were getting the, the beef cows. It's it's pretty good to start with them first, just to get used to handling cows and get some practice under your belt and then and then go in on the family cow, which when I say family cow, for those that don't know, I'm talking about a milk cow, one yeah. milk cows that is just for your family. It's not this full on blown out dairy. And there is nothing like the taste of raw grass fed milk. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's like going from if you go from skim to two percent milk. It's better. It's a lot better. Right. You go from two percent to whole milk. It's better. It's a lot better. But if you go from whole milk, there's another level. It (laughs) is. It's just another level. It is another level. Well, so I, maybe I know this and you've talked about it before. So were you diagnosed with your Lyme disease before or after you started this process? No, no. We started that health journey before Lyme disease and, uh, you know, kind of gotten, I feel like got into some trouble going down that path, you know, we're eating or get, we're, we're eating healthy whole foods. And then to save money, we started cutting back on, we started cutting back on meat, uh, which I think was a big mistake uh, because I think that was 
part of the stress on my body, we had some emotional stress at the time. Uh, We had the physical stress then with the food, you know, eating a largely vegetarian diet on beans and rice Uh, that might, I think that might be okay in a survival situation and a pinch uh, to get through. But I really feel like our bodies need protein, mine certainly. And, you know, since then, and now I've gone to the other extreme, like I'm basically all meat. But it's so interesting you say that because I have autoimmune diseases as well. And my journey started um, because of health issues, but before diagnosis. And I also was vegetarian and then vegan. (laughs) And and now I'm mostly carnivore. (laughs) And um, but I, you know, I did it just trying to figure out what works for me. And what works for me is my body loves a lot of meat. (laughs) But um Yeah. So, and I think a lot of, um, homesteaders start out doing this because of health reasons and yeah, you just grow wonderful food and then you start, um, expanding on that. And then it just turns into this journey that's with your, with family and your spouse and you just love this time that you spend together. And, um, that's really cool. You know, the raw milk, you might say it tastes better, but the taste alone is not worth it. It's not. I mean, it's too. It's too hard to work. Too hard to work. And even it, people. Some people might gawk even now, but like back in the day, uh, seven, eight years ago, we were buying raw milk for nine dollars a gallon. And some people might gawk at that now, thinking that's so expensive. But it's not. <laughs> it's not expensive compared right. to buying the cow. Uh, moving that cow every day, feeding it alfalfa for its, you know, treat to get more milk, uh, treating it if it gets mastitis, uh, keeping it fenced in all that time, money or all, yeah, all that time, money and energy it's, it, it, <laughs> it adds up and it be, can be quite expensive. I was training a farm sitter one time and it, this was like one, one of the height of our farm. This is last year or so. We we had so many chores. It was taking me like four hours to train this guy. And I had like four pages of workflow on our chores. And I'm like, to him, I finally I finally said to him, is this worth it? <laughs> I mean, it's starting to get hot in the day training him. I was spending this whole day before before we left. And I meant like, I didn't mean like, is it worth it for like me to go on on this trip? I meant it's like this worth it, because it's a lot. And he said, you have no other choice. And he knew us from the, from the health perspective. So right. yeah, whole, uh, whole, whole, whole food, uh, raw milk is better than uh, organic whole, whole, but you could probably find raw milk and, yeah. and, and somewhat reasonable. But here's the trick. You can't always, because uh, I, I would say to Rebecca, why don't we just, why don't we just buy this raw milk? And she said, Cause it's going to dry up. And sure enough, that farm decided to do cheese instead to take all their resources and value add and make cheese. And we cannot buy organic raw milk or raw milk if we wanted to. Yeah, and now that's what's happened at least me. 25. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me numerous times. So I, we currently have an urban homestead and what we're expanding, we purchased 20 acres. We're working on building a permaculture out there and moving out there. But, um, Many times over the years, I've had multiple cow shares because in Michigan, you have to have a cow share in order to have raw milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had multiple cow shares and, and they dry up or they change direction with their farm. And then I don't have the raw milk anymore. Yeah. So eventually you're going to have a family cow. You're going to get fed up with it. So then, you know, especially if you're a healthy eater and you want to geek out on, on health here and, and meat, you know, we were shopping at one of these whole food. It was called earth fair. It's like whole foods. And, um, we ran into somebody and this was pretty early in our health journey. And basically we were still just switching, uh, from what we were buying to organic. So we were, instead of Oreos, we're buying Newman's O's, right. Just, just organic. (laughs) Like, and we ran into somebody there who was a little further on their journey and she said, you know, everything at Earth Fair isn't healthy, right? And we were blown away. We thought this, she's crazy. But, but now you, you, can't, you, can't eat, you can't go to Whole Foods and buy organic meat. Okay, you can buy organic bacon. 
Where's the where's the rest of the pig? Where's the organic ham, the butt, the the pork chops? Sometimes you can buy organic breakfast sausage there, but not most of the time. Uh, sometimes you can buy some organic grass-fed beef, but the chicken's not. I, mean, I, I guess you could buy organic chicken, but it's not pastured. Uh, so uh, you certainly can't get grass-fed lamb. If you yeah. can find grass-fed lamb, it's going to be then from New Zealand, and it's going to be very expensive. I saw, I, I bought, uh, we were out of lamb and we shop at us wellness meats and it's an online, you can get yeah. stuff shipped to you. And it was like $140 for a lamb leg. But I love what they're doing. That company is a great company, but yeah, it's definitely. It's uh, awesome. That's what you're to do. I mean, I had some yep. of their grass fed burgers today as we are in between, you know, you get into a lull. But uh, in, in your in between your harvest, but uh, the point is, you can't buy this stuff. No, you can't get all those varieties of organic pork. You can't get the grass fed lamb, and in and then if you are finding the grass fed lamb, has it been shot up? You know, has it been uh, vaccinated, dewormed? We don't do any of that. So if you want something right. pure of all that. You're going to have to get it yourself. So like the farm sitter told me, <laughs> yes, it's your it's your only option. And it doesn't always taste better. I mean, it's it's hard to beat a professional sometimes, especially in like yeah. fruit. I well, mean, that, that switch from conventional meat specifically for me, I felt like. Um, um, like yeah. range chick like chicken, especially it's very different than the chicken you get at the store and does taste very different. It's a um, it's an adjustment yeah. to the grass fed grass finished with beef and with chicken. It's an adjustment from the, on the, yeah, if we, to we will go in a cage <laughs> marbled, really fatty, uh, beef yeah. because it's been finished off on grain and they go to grass fed. They're going to complain that it's too, it's too tough or yeah. this and that. Now yeah, you, different. you're going to have to learn different cooking methods, really. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm still working on that because my my love is not being in the kitchen. My love is being outside in the garden. <laughs> so the the cooking thing is definitely not my favorite part of. Uh, I no, like eating. So it sounds like you just need to put a steak or a, a roast or any or be, and you can roast a steak. Like here's it. Break the rules. What like, you don't have to grill a steak. I mean, it's it's sure. almost like. Uh, so many people prize a good ribeye or this and that, but uh, if you think it's too tough and you'd rather just put it in the in the crock pot or in a Dutch oven after breakfast and then go putz around in the garden and come in and after four or five hours of that cooking and maybe some broth and uh, you come in from the garden work and that's your lunch. I call that a farmer's fast food because you just... Oh yeah, crock pots and insta pots are very yeah. Because <laughs> you're out there working, it's working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're done, it's ready. So is that what keeps? I mean, you are you get so much done, you really do. And so is that what keeps you motivated? I I know that the food and health keeps you motivated, but also this family legacy that you're building. I see yeah. that over and over again in your videos, how you're building this family legacy. So is that what keeps you motivated and and so productive? Yeah, I mean, it starts at the shallow reason, which is I have to. This is this. There's no other options for us as as a healthy person, and um, then it does go into well, what happens when it rains five days straight, like it did in 2018? We already live in a temperate rainforest where it rains 40 inches a year here in Western North Carolina, but that year it rained 80 inches, and that week it rained 18 inches. And my buddy Pete Canaris was, Canaris was here and, you know, being more frugal, you know, I got holes in my rubber boots. I don't have a raincoat. I didn't have a, any rain pants. We're just getting soaked. And it's just miserable. And it, and it's not like it normally is here where it just rains for a couple of hours, right. once, twice a week, maybe cools it off. It's nice. Well, no, this was continual rain and not, and not just a little drizzle, but just a steady, just almost pouring i'm getting pretty miserable and he's uh, and i imagine he can tell this 
And he said, Justin, why do you do this? <laughs> maybe he was gonna, maybe he was getting miserable too. And I said, Good question. Why? You know, that's my initial reaction. Why, why are why do we do this? Let's go, come on. We can we can probably we can go buy this. I don't know. We were going to move the chickens or move the cows or whatever. We could go buy this cheaper <laughs> in town if you count all our trouble. Well, I had to think for a minute. And I think. I started to think about the, what we were doing and the way we're doing this, the way we're growing food. I would say our animals aren't just in some mini feedlot. They're not, you know, the pigs aren't in a pigsty and never get moved. The pigs are moved every week. The cows and sheep are moved every day. Chickens are moved every day to every week. And that's too, you know, that, that's for the health of the animal so that they, they can get away from their manure and not return until that's gone. And that breaks a uh, pest cycle for them but it's also even more importantly i think to give that land rest and make that land even better so if you could leave animals in one spot and they allow to they're allowed to just walk it and graze it let's let's put a cow in just one area they just graze the good stuff and the good stuff grows back a little bit and they hit it again and it's and it stunts it because it didn't come to fruition it wasn't fully grown yet and they just keep hitting it but what's next to it is the thistles and the buttercups. And those just keep growing because nobody's eating it. And those seed and spread. And before you know it, you've you've doubled your weeds and halved your edibles. Yep. And we're out there. And I've seen it in just uh, 10 years. You know, dad thought I was crazy because he just put the cows in one one pasture. And he used to make fun of me. He called me my crazy wires, you know, the little temporary wires I would put up to keep move the cows around the farm. And I've seen it, though, change. Rebecca wants me to go back to our old vlogs in 2016 or 17. I need to one day and show just how briarly and bristly and, br- and brambly it was. And now you can look. I, I fly drones sometimes for the shows. And if you you, you could just look at our neighbors. In the winter, the grass is brown. It's, it would be the same soil composition starting out. And ours is so green and lush. And it's because we give that land rest. We move, we let the cows hit it, and the sheep, and then move them on and don't come back. So we're out there doing that in the pouring rain. And that is why then I realized, okay, that is why I'm doing this. Because I'm making this place a better place for my grandchildren. I don't even have grandchildren. I'm going right, right. to be the best big papa ever. <laughs> but when you, you know, Joel Salton was asked once at a, a community meeting we had here once, and we let everybody ask him questions. And they, how do you prevent burnout? And his answer was that you have a bigger vision. So if you have a big vision, you'll be motivated during, during those times, during the 18 inches of rain. In a week, it's going to suck. You're going to complain. It's going to be terrible. You're going to doubt yourself. But ultimately, it is what's going to get you through. And if you're not getting through and you see you see failure, I would encourage people to search their heart for the bigger vision. That's not to say you can't look at it and downgrade. That's not to say you can't sell your goats and get an easier livestock like a cow, right? You. That's not to say that. Right. It, it is to say think about both of those. So, 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 so the downsizing is the scarcity part of it. That's a lot of times what we end up going to when we come into trouble. Oh, we got to cut the bills. We got to, we got to cut things out, but we also should look at the abundance side of the solution too. And sometimes we have to force ourselves to do that and say, well, how can I make this work and let your mind love that, that you say that a lot. How can I, that's right. You have to, and then you have to give yourself six ways of how, of how can you? And so um, the abundance mindset then says, well, I just need a bigger vision. I mean, that could be one of the solutions. I need a bigger vision. Uh, I had a cow. So we had a, uh, we had one cow. We didn't know any better. We got one, one cow to start mm-hmm. raising our own beef. It was supposed to be a steer. Okay. A steer is a castrated male. Right. Uh, for those that don't know, the steer isn't going to be interested in uh, running off, being ornery, anything like that. Uh, so you're going to have less problems. Well, I was to get a steer, but the farmer showed up with a heifer. I had 
the guy who actually encouraged me to get into cows at that time there. And I said, is it okay? It's a heifer. And he said, I should be all right. I don't know what he was thinking, but I got that heifer out all by itself and I'm moving it every day in a, in a paddock, just one little strand of electric fence. Well, then one day it just started walking back and forth in its paddock. It looked like it was stressed out and then it would bellow a little bit. Bellow is like moo. Uh, and it would do that. And I would go out there and look and it had water. It had plenty of feed. You know, I try to make the paddock bigger. Is that it? No. Uh, but after a few days, it quit doing that. When about three weeks happened again, I go out there and look, there's nothing new. I don't know what's going on. Well, the next day that cow's gone. Oh, no. And I find it up just above where I'm talking here up on the woods. And I go after that cow and I try to herd it back. It was pretty wild. Came from wild herd. I couldn't, I, Chased it. Well, Jonah was on my back. He was just a little guy and I couldn't keep up with the cow. I lost that. I lost that cow. And that wouldn't have been so bad if it was, if, if it was just only my, my family's food. But what I had done, cause I couldn't afford the cow was I had said, I'm going to keep a quarter of this cow. And I called all, I called all my friends and said, anybody want to go in on a quarter of a cow and everybody put down a deposit and that's how I paid for it. So now I had friends on the line. Now this wasn't my cow. Like you talked about a cow share. Well, our cow share just went out through the woods. Oh, dear. Search for it, search for it, search for it. Gave up after about six days. And then on the seventh day, I just got this crazy notion. I'm just going to drive over the mountain. I drive five, six miles over the mountain through the woods, not not even on roads and got and gave up. And I was going to have to call people when I got back and got out and peed. And I looked down and there's some hoofs and it's next to this fence. And I follow these hoof prints. And sure enough, I found my cow in a in a, a herd of Angus. Oh gosh! And uh, I I go and I figure out who that is. I call him. Hey, do you have an extra cow? Sure enough, he had an extra cow. And um, I bring uh, so stressed out about losing one cow. Oh goodness, I can't even do one cow. What's the answer? Well, the scarcity mindset might be. Well, this guy, I don't even have a trailer. I'm having to borrow it from this farmer. He's having to bring it back. Uh, you Let's take that cow straight to the butcher. <laughs> right. That's the scarcity mindset, okay? It's calling everybody and saying, hey, look, somebody got out. We, we're not going to risk it. I'm taking it back. The abundance mindset says, I'm going to buy three more. This cow wasn't happy by itself. You know what the problem with this it, cow was? It's a herd, it was going, it's a herd animal. <laughs> it, it's a herd animal. But she was going in heat every three weeks. Right. Oh, my. And when they go in heat, they need at least somebody else. I mean, it could be another fe female. They just jump up on them or what, you know, nothing happens, but they need somebody. Okay. Right. They're looking to mate. And so she's antsy and getting out. But yeah, they need herd animals. So instead of getting on the phone and, and canceling with all the current customers or not canceling, but saying, hey, we're going to market. It, it probably won't be what it was, but. You know, I'll give you some of your money back. This and that. No, I went. I went and said, "Hey, do you want more?" <laughs> so I like. I like that the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset. Yeah, that's an example. That's great. That's great. Now you guys have um, continued. You see, what, what animals do you have currently? Because um, I'm not sure if you still have rabbits. Which, well, those were Lily's rabbits. Lily is yeah. your daughter. But um, what animals do you currently have right now on the homestead? Uh, I like to say we're the old McDonald farm. E-I-E-I-O. We have turkeys, chickens, geese. Uh, geese guard our chickens. Uh, we've eaten them before and they're okay, but uh, we're skipping a year on that. Um, cows, sheep, pigs, ch and chickens for laying eggs and chickens for meat. I think I named everybody. We don't have the rabbits. That was that was Lily's experiment. She wanted rabbits. Mm -hmm. Let her do her thing. It, they went through their cycle. And you got rid of them. Okay. Uh, they died. They eventually all end up dying. But okay. apparently, the rabbit doesn't really have that long of a lifespan. Anyway, or at least not a productive one, like okay. a breeding time, only a few years. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you still had them or not. That's one of the things that here, suburban wise, is easy to keep. So. You, you know, a lot of these HOAs have rules against chickens 
and other those kinds of livestock. But we thankfully aren't in an HOA, but yeah, a lot of people do have issues. Well, they they say that you can have rabbits or, or dogs, cats, and rabbits. They're probably meaning bunnies, like pet bunnies. But I mean, if you really want it, it's a pet. But some protein, you you raise right. some rabbits. <gasps> And I get it. They make no noise. They make zero noise. Right. Well, and what great fertilizer for your garden. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys, um, what does the future look like? Do you think you've got your kids are getting older? Well, some of your kids are getting older. You still have a young, a little one. And um, there's going to be a lot of changes in the next few years. What do you think the future looks like? I mean, you guys are working on your house. You guys have so much going on. It's it's really fun to watch you guys um, grow into that abundance that you've yeah. built. So so speaking of the, if you want to build out it from the animal perspective, is uh, we just planted fruit trees. You know, big people right. who are big on hey, when's the best time to plant a tree? Uh, now or yet uh 20 years ago right? <laughs> right. that's the best time because yeah. then you enjoy it now uh well when's the next best time now well i don't necessarily agree with that in homesteading because trees are permanent and it's hard to move them if you make a mistake in their placement so one of the things one of the first things i would think a homesteader would do is run meat chickens okay it's only going to take you know if they do a hundred it's going to be what an eighth of an acre and and if it was a terrible place, ended up being swampy or too dry or whatever, you could do it another place next time or or move right. them in or the landlord kicks you out or you find a better opportunity or land somewhere. You just take them with you. All, all our infrastructures for our animals, well, they're mobile. They're mobile. Right. Um, so it would be we, we just planted fruit trees and then we planted them in the pasture. You know, when we, oh, you, you know, homesteaders get into this, oh, I've got to make my own, just this, this weird pressure that I don't know where it comes from. You think you got to make your own compost. You think you got to get goats. You think uh, you have to start your own seeds, have your own greenhouse. Uh, and th- these are th- things you can barter with in the community and trade within the community. You can buy your plant starts, you can buy compost, and that ensures more success. Think about it from the abundance perspective. Yeah, it costs a little more up front, but you're going to have more success in the end because you're leaving it to the to the pros and, and you're making a trade with the community. It's not it's not so terrible. So then from the trees, what would we get? The bees, I about got convinced this weekend to get bees. Uh, we haven't gone at bees because our first priority was cutting the grocery bill. Right. And we spend... If we weren't growing our own meat, we'd be spending thousands of dollars a month on growing our meat. That's why we're not off grid. We're spending a lot less on electricity than we would be on feed. So that's our heart, you know, starting out is healthy food, uh, more affordable. So we're going to grow the things that we'd be spending our money on. That's why the dairy came in. Guys, look at your grocery bill and grow that. Start. You don't know where to start. Start with what you're spending money on. Now, if you're buying... uh, Craft mac and cheese is gonna be a little harder. Right. You're Brian, Brian, f- frozen pizza. You can grow pizza, but so it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> don't think there's a pop tart. The dairy cow, the wheat, <laughs> all that. So we did the fruit trees, uh, honey. So bees, but now, now she got me convinced because what are we gonna spend on honey? Uh, I mean, we eat a lot, and and the honey is our sweetener. Honey and maple syrup. Uh, so maybe it's a thousand dollars a year. Um, so it, it hadn't attracted us, but then when you learn that the honeybees can pollinate the clover and you'll multiply the clover in your pastures. And what I'm prioritizing is beef and lamb. Then these become more interesting to me, especially when I have, um, limited land and I'm looking cranny farming and we have, uh, not enough pasture for for what we need for consumption. Okay, so we've got to make it more productive. We insist on the rotationally grazing. If if the neighbor over that way is eight hundred acres and it's not for sale, and the neighbor over this way is a hundred and it's not for sale, and if it was, it'd be five million dollars. We've got to make the best out of what we have. So that may mean 
that's the next level is the bees. And then Lily's going to want a horse one day, not a big horse fan, but she is. Uh, We want to support our kids and our ventures. And so for the bigger picture and for the funner talk is that uh, I have a 15 year old, 15, 13, uh, 11, eight, and then two years. And this is a fun stage because I see the baby and it seems like yesterday everybody else was a baby, but then I see this man, this, this boy become a man. And so now it makes me appreciate and realize how much faster that is. I was walking out there the other day and I had this moment where it was Josiah. He was 13. He was mowing the grass and he had done it on his own initiative. And I just stopped and I just looked at him with pride. And I waited there for a minute just to make sure he saw me. I'm just sitting there smiling and, and just waited till he saw it. And then I just waved and walked on. Yeah. What was crazy about that was I can remember my dad doing that for me, me being out mowing, doing something good and being proud of myself and then being proud that he caught me in that. And I could see it in his face that he was proud. Well, my dad's gone now. He's dead. Yeah. And he was an old man. You know what I mean? Uh, at that moment when I was a teenager, well, now I'm the old man. <laughs> it's amazing uh, how fast it goes. Mine are grown and oh my adults. <laughs> yeah. It's well, then you know what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes by so fast. And uh, one of the reasons I enjoyed homeschooling and homesteading is one of the reasons we could uh-huh. homeschool because I couldn't have, we couldn't have afforded to be home unless I was saving money other ways, which growing food and volunteering at farms helping is how we afforded food when I was homeschooling my kids. And um, but you get to spend all those precious moments with them when you're home. And I wish my husband would have been able to do that as yeah. well. And it's so neat that you're able to do that because it just goes by so fast. And to be able to treasure all that time and all those moments. is Yeah, that's really a good point. Cool. And you don't realize it goes fast until... Until it's it. gone, like it, when your parents tell you, enjoy it because it goes by fast. It, it really does. You're like, yeah, right now, this is terrible. When's this kid gonna sleep through the night? Yes. Or you yeah, know, the baby stage is definitely, definitely <laughs> rough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as the mom with nursing and stuff like that, you definitely, definitely is trying. And you guys, um, with your, <clears throat> with your fifteen-year-old coming up and you're 13 year old and you guys have got driving and all of that exciting stuff going on. Um, do they express interest in maybe wanting to continue what you're doing and in, in farming? Yeah. I mean, that would be my hope is that I'm, I'm setting this up as a place for them, at least that they would have a, an option, you know, and I think <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> I'm building it in our family culture. I don't know if we have to accept this culture where the kid goes off at 18. Um, yeah. Where it's like automatic. The kid goes off to, to college it's in, and sometimes it's in this whole other state. And now as a 40 something year old looking at 18 year old, they're kids and you're sending them off and really they're, they're prime physically and, 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 and their potential contribution to the family. You've invested in them and you invested in them. Mm-hmm. You've let them help when they're six, even though it wasn't any help. And you put all this effort into them and then really you're just going to send them off. And really that's right. And really, that's really what the kid wants. I don't know if it is. So we're trying to build in our family, a culture and that's if whether you realize it or not, you're accepting that as the culture and the norm. And you don't have to just like a lot of people listening gave up conventional food or gave up conventional schooling or the conventional grid. Maybe they're off grid uh, with alternative energies. You can keep on going down the line, questioning things <laughs> and opting out of stuff. Yeah. And usually it becomes easier uh, the more you do that and the more it's in the, in the other uh, stuff you get into. So, um, I, I, I would say to them, I, I, it's our culture and our norm that you be around. So we're always talking like, 
you know, if we have these machine, we, we just got these uh, John Deere grading machines. So we talk, you know, the boys are talking about how they might start a business in that one day, you know, but it's still all in, our, in all of our hearts that, oh, here's a place for a house. Here's nice. a place for a house. And really, I want to give them an opportunity mm-hmm. on the farm that may not necessarily even be farm related, let them explore their interest. You know, if I hear Lily talking like she wants to have a horse farm one day with two or three horses, and I want my family culture to be an opportunity for the kids to stay around and not leave. Well, I better get on board with a horse farm. (laughs) Right. And if the boys want a grading business, well, then I need to figure out how to, uh, you know, rent that equipment to them, you know, get, get, uh, how to go into business with them on that. And yeah, maybe I would rather somebody do exactly what I'm doing where, you know, they, they, a homestead and they teach that and they create content around that, but they just might not. And so I got to let them explore other ways. You know, people will say, how do I get my kids on board with the butcherings? You know, and maybe a kid is grossed out by it and maybe you're getting into it at a later date. Maybe they're scared. Well, they they can still be involved and not be involved. They can be picking up the house that day. They can prepare the meal that day. We had one child that did not like to butcher. And that's what we did. We were like, okay, well, fine. If you don't want to do that, could you make us meal? And they would provide us the meal that day. Yeah, I think you made a culture of Everybody has something, you know, the farm is a good place for a job for everyone, whether it's the two-year-old just picking out the eggs from the, from the nest, or it's uh, the 13 and 15 year old digging the big rock out of the ground with the mini X so that we can drive in the T post. Uh, And then whether it's uh, mom staying home and, and, and getting the necessary shopping done. So uh, everybody's got a job, but we don't have to end that mentality. I would like to, as an, and that's, that's an advantage of an entrepreneur and a farm Yeah, is in both of those places, you can create a job. Yeah. And that I love this, uh, the multi-generational mindset where we don't have to have one generation under on the same property or even under the same roof. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I love that your parents, I mean, I remember when your dad passed and um, but I love that your parents and your in-laws are just so heavily involved in your homesteading. Yeah. I think that is just, it's just, it's wonderful. And I believe it's how it should be. I mean, I know that doesn't work that way for everybody, but ideally I think it's, um, it's just really neat to have that support. Uh, my mom, my dad passed away and my mom and dad are, are divorced and my mom's not interested in the farm. So it's kind of cool how then Rebecca's parents. Yeah. I mean, grew up in Florida, just totally different background. Suburbia, Florida, too, you know, um, adopted the farm. I do so remember gotta, that now. Yeah, that's cool. Keep an open mind to that. You know, it doesn't it it, 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 it may not be the, you know, and, and I've had conversations with Joel, you know, what if what if what if one is he has a he's fortunate enough one child did show interest and took over the farm. But what if it didn't, Joel? What 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 if it didn't? Uh, well, uh, who are you going to give it to? You know what what about inheritance? Uh, really, I I can't remember the exact answer, but it was whoever wanted it. It's like if my children don't want it, somebody else is going to get it. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's <clears throat> sometimes maybe this adoption mentality. Uh, it, it could just be spiritual or fig- figurative, but uh, if it's too late with somebody's own kids or you only had two or this and that uh get into the abundance mindset (laughs) there are more young people out there who need mentors and and who desire this and who want to do this you know joe will bring in interns and 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 they're they're you don't bring an intern because you want free labor you bring in an intern because you want to invest in somebody because it doesn't end up being free labor uh especially for the amount of training and energy you've got to put in to make it work and the risk you take there. So you, you can do that. Uh, you can sit, somebody could sit around and say, Oh, my kids weren't interested and they're gone and boohoo. Or they can say, let me look for some other young people. 
That's that's a good advice for people that have kids that aren't interested. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're forsaking your kids, but uh, right. Yeah. Why don't you just expand the family a little bit there? So um, I watch you guys and you guys have a bigger farm. And of course, I have my small little acreage, right? Or I have a quarter of an acre where I'm at and it's full of food. And we've had chickens before, but we don't right now because we have a second homestead and it's very busy. But what got me started watching you guys was your permaculture chickens video. Oh, wow. You are. I believe. I believe it was that I watched you before that. And then you came out with that video and I was like a prophet of that. I shared it everywhere. I'm like, watch oh. this, watch this, because it was something you could do anywhere to me. You know, yeah. you, you could just do it anywhere. You could put a raised bed in and, you know, you could just do the chicken thing. And, um, and I love that your teaching has expanded and it still speaks to both the small homestead and the, the larger maybe more farm looking farmstead. Um, so the what, yeah. So how do you, how do you, man, you put out so much content. I don't know how you do it all. <laughs> well, I don't know if I even, uh, I wonder, you know, we would go to events and people would say, uh, Oh, you've, you've inspired us. Thank you so much. I mean, we've moved out of the sea. We're moving to the country. We're doing this. You know, most of my audience is your situation. They, they just have just a bit of acres and we got quite the, homestead i mean might as well be a small farm um and in all my travels of america in 2017 great american farm tour this is like one of the biggest homesteads there are in america like a a food providing homestead as opposed to like a a market farm okay that's i'm making a difference there um so where was i going with that um somebody texted me i lose my train of thought where was it what was the question I was just asking how you do it all. And and then just the difference between the small and the big and, and teaching to that all, because you, you do a really good job of teaching both spectrums. People were saying they were being inspired and, and, you know, maybe it's right here. Maybe it's just like this. You, you just can't be afraid to say, well, I lost my train of thought. What we're saying, you know, and at the event over the last weekend, people were coming up and saying, I was, I was speaking at an event and they were saying it's so inspirational. And a lot of times that's where they end. And Rebecca and I, we just don't know how we inspired and we want to know because we want to just keep doing that. Uh, and at this weekend, it was almost a theme. It was because we show our failures. Yes. I love that. I mean, if that's all I told Rebecca at the end of this and, and three, four, five people must've told us that. Oh, it's, you know, you show, you, you show your failures. Uh, and I'm thinking, yeah. my goodness, if that's, I all think it's important. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that's pretty easy. I thought back, it's yeah. pretty easy. We can keep doing that. <laughs> and so I say that to answer your question to the people listening is, uh, if I can drive into that a bit, it's okay to fail. And I mean, you're gonna fail and yeah, yeah you, you read the books and it's textbook. And you see the shows and, and and see a lot of things on YouTube and it seems, and you scroll on Instagram, it seems everybody's got it together and they've always, they've figured it out, but they don't. And we're always all learning and we're right there with you, learning right there with you. I mean, I learned things uh, this weekend, just like everybody else did. So some member just uh, texted me and said, oh, what's your, what's your, you were you back in the day you used such and such teat teat dip after you got done milking you would dip it in there i'm using iodine i'd like to use something more natural what was that and i'm thinking oh wow what was that because we kind of drifted away <laughs> we drifted away from that for whatever reason but but just recently uh i had this i had this notion like hey we really need to get back to a teat dip uh and then we saw that Synergy Animal Products has one. Like it's already made up, you know, it's 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 really natural. Uh, given our time circumstances, we don't need to be formulating any or making any. Right. Yeah. Buy it from Synergy Animal and get it. And so that's what has happened. And I was able to share that with them too, you know. Uh, we're all in this. We're all, I have something to learn from you. I have something to learn from that member who texted me and people at the weekend. So how, how did we get to this scale? 
I also mentioned it at the weekend too, in the business, in with the a million subscribers on YouTube, with the farm is I worked in the rain that day back there when my Pete, when Pete was at, when my friend Pete was saying, why do you do this? I worked yeah. in the rain. I worked that Saturday. I, I milked that Sunday. I moved the cows on Christmas uh, and Easter too. It's a little bit every day really adds up. It's like water. You know, we have the spring we're going to tap. Yeah. We're going to start yeah. filling up a, a gravity feeding a hot, uh, a hot tub. Okay. We're going to, we heat, we heat up a hundred gallons and then we gravity feed it down into a hundred gallon trough and we heat that up with firewood. And then we gravity feed this water down into a trough. And Rebecca and I have this wonderful hot tub. Well, the next level. I love of, that. I was watching the boys start it the other day in a video. You they, that. that was great. And they're doing that, but every, yeah. and I happen every day, but maybe every week, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I put shut off uh, valves on the end of the hoses to make filling them up and siphoning a little bit easier. You know, we were just kinking them. So now I have a little bit better. And now Rebecca's talking like, oh, that spring right above that. We call it Arthur's spring. It's up, it's up a little high. We could spring fed this instead of pumping water from our well. And then we're in like mineral, then we're soaking in mineral water. <laughs> true, true. And in gravity. And so it's this consistent every day, whether you want to or not. And sometimes I'll say, just change 1% every day. You know, I thought today, yeah, my pole barn's a mess and I need to pick it up. And it's overwhelming to think I could probably spend a, one whole day or two days there and I don't have it. And so it's overwhelming. You know, we got speaking engagements. We got Homestead Builds Our Book coming out. We got the the YouTube going on. Oh, we still got Abundance Plus and all yeah. the content. Well, I'm glad you're naming all those because I was going to ask you to. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we pick up this pole barn? Well, could, could I go and today, no matter how busy I am, do one square foot? And what I was saying is, if you do that a little bit every day, it adds up. Just like I'm, I'm thinking at spring and we're going to fill up this 100-gallon tank. My wife, Rebecca, was like, but I've seen the water come out of there. It's just this little trickle. Um, is that going to be enough? Because we need 100 gallons a day. And I said, oh, yeah, it's a half a gallon a minute. That doesn't seem like much. Right. But that's 30 gallons an hour. So I could True. fill that yeah. within three hours. But we've harvested water and we've put it in a tank for a 24-hour period. So we're talking about thousand over a thousand. Right. <laughs> it's like that, that whole the prov I don't know if it's a proverb or what, but how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One bite that's at it. a time. Yeah. yeah. I just um I wanted to comment because I we're closing in on an hour and I didn't want to manipulate your time. Um, I know that you're very busy, but I just love your passion for all of this. It it's um I think what is the word I'm looking for? It inspires people and it spreads. Like people mm. can just I can just feel that you are so passionate about just homesteading and community and your family and farming and good food. And I think people feel that and they're attracted to that. And I, and I feel like this community is growing. I mean, I've seen homesteading grow a lot in the last few years. I think it's continuing to grow. Um, and um, you're just one of those people that I, I really enjoy watching. And so I wanted to give you a moment to talk about some of the things that you're doing right now. Um, in the past, you've done the permaculture chickens. You guys did the Great American Farm Tour, which are both videos that people can, I'm not sure where exactly they can find them, but I know they can find them on your Abundance Plus. Um, but what else are you doing? I know that you're doing a few things right now. You've written a book um, and you're writing another okay. one. Tell us about those projects that you're working on. Yeah, the most immediate project is the book. It's called Homestead Builds, and it's going to be uh, chicken and garden builds for the homestead. These will be the foundational structures of a homestead. These are builds that when they're finished, they're going to be uh, easy to build. They're mobile and they're super efficient. And I mean, 
uh, just n- no extras. Just let's get 36 chickens in a five by five, what I call a chick shaw, because you move it around like a rickshaw. Uh, the wheels are centered in the middle to make it easy to move. And that gets your chickens moving. That gets them out of their static run and out moving on pasture or in the yard and things like that. And so, you know, I've, 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 <clears throat> since I've been homesteading, I always looked up to Joel Salatin, who's a market farmer. And one of his big successes, he's a regenerative farmer, is that he moves the livestock. But he was moving 300 cows and a thousand chickens. So he's a big axle uh, egg mobile that he pulls behind a tractor. But what if you want to do what Joel's doing with 12? And I was faced with that dilemma way back in the day. And there were no feasible, affordable mobile chicken coops and structures. And so basically, long story short, I had to itch, uh, scratch my own itch and, 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 and be the solution to the problem and came up with mobile chicken coops, end up having, uh, in this first book, Homestead Builds, here's over a dozen designs. It's going to be, uh, we have our raised bed. Uh, we have the chick shawls, beautiful one. My wife wanted a pretty, we call it the pretty shawl. It's beautiful enough to be in the front yard. Uh, in, in little things like from, uh, poultry drying racks for, if you've harvested your chickens to dry oh, them, okay. cool. uh, things like that. And we put that out there and we kickstart that right now so that people can get it yeah. at Homestead Fields even before we go to print. So it's going to take us a while to get it all done okay. before we go to print Christmas, 2024, but why not? I thought, you know, if we went the traditional publisher route, people wouldn't get this until we printed it. So why not go to Kickstarter, uh, get some funds to to do this? Because I've brought on a graphic designer and an engineer to help with these plans and make this totally legit step by step. And um, it, we've taken it to the next level and people will be able to build the structures of the homestead. And they've been able to before. I've made some of these plans free on the internet at Abundant Permaculture, our website. But the problem with that is I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not an engineer. And so they're just like pictures with my written word plans. And then sometimes it's off. And people have gotten by, thousands of people probably have built these designs. And I think they're proven enough. And it was time like, I kept improving my own designs year after year. And then finally I'm I'm plateaued. I'm like, okay, it's time. It's time to put these out there. And uh, you mentioned that there's this, you know, I'm excited about doing this. Maybe I attract others uh, because of that. But really what it is, you find something good, no matter what it is. It could be a funny joke, uh, a viral video, you know, thought was hilarious. What do you do with that? When you when you're at a when you're at a movie and you're laughing, you look over and you laugh with somebody else. And so, uh, what happens is you find something good and it completes your joy to share it. And that's what's happening with me is we found something so good in homesteading that it, com- it completes our joy just to to share that good. Uh, and that's really all that we've done. And in, in the things that you have mentioned with the YouTube channel of Justin Rose, the the, the book, The Rooted Life, uh, Abundance Plus, the streaming platform, all this stuff. Yeah, it is a lot. But yeah. it's not if over time I'm just doing a little bit every day and I'm doing the most important stuff every day. Uh, if you want to grow most of your own food and you only have 10 hours a week because you have an hour after work and a half a day on the weekend, you better be growing meat chickens, egg laying chickens and gardens. And you're going to get 75% of your own food in the growing season. I mean, don't fool around with some of the exotics. I mean, forget goats, forget bees. I know you want it. Those are good things. But yeah, you only have 10 hours a week and it's only you. Meat chickens, gardens and egg laying chickens. Yeah. So always force yourself to think about what is going to give me the most bang for this buck? Because you only have so much time, money, and energy. You better be doing the most important things. Right. That's that's perfect. Yeah. So you guys have, you have your YouTube channel. You have Instagram. You have Abundance Plus, which is your membership platform, which also has 
I'm not sure if it's a television channel or not. We don't really have television, but I have it on my Roku. Um, yeah, you can pass it to your Roku. Yeah, and, and you can probably play it a few other places. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what else you guys have going on, but um, <laughs> right. busy. Not enough. I think it's enough. I think yeah. uh, no, just between the between the Abundance Plus, uh, the membership platform, and the the YouTube and the book. Those that's our that's those are my bit. Yeah. Oh, and then you have your house too. The house. All right, right. That's a huge, huge, huge project. <laughs> How and could you forget our, that? How could we forget that? Is it's injured. It is a lot, isn't it? Um, yeah. But it's fun though. It's yeah. exciting. Um, I see like Rebecca's excitement in being able to make the home hers. And that's oh, really people are going to get to see Rebecca shine. They haven't. They haven't really. And this is like her blank canvas. You know, the farm is my blank canvas for art and expression. And she is going to have her in this house now. You know, she's a big fan of those HGTV shows, just loves it. Oh, yeah. And always wanted to remodel and is going to be really good. I mean, she did. She designed our bus when we converted our school bus to to go on the Great American Furniture. But that was 280 square feet. And that was a school bus. Okay. So now, guys, imagine what she can do with a 2,400 square foot homestead dream house. Yeah. Uh, we're talking really big windows, south facing, big, big roofs, good layout, you know, a sauna. You know, we're big in health. We've talked about that. So it's going to yeah. have a sauna and a cold oh, room. Oh, cool. Cool. Uh, everything's going to be open. Everything was closed. In the closed kitchen, before. of course. The kitchen. Like, oh, the yeah. kitchen. At, yeah. in, in a homestead, because what does a homestead house need to have that a traditional house isn't? Well, it's going to have a big kitchen. It's probably going to have two fridges. I bet we're going to have two fridges. Don't don't be ashamed uh, for two dishwashers, two ovens. Uh, if you're talking about an ultimate dream house, that's where you're going to spend your resources. Guys, we didn't have two cars for 20 years. We just shared a car for the longest time, probably 10, five years. We shared one cell phone. Uh, but c- that's because our priorities are somewhere else. And so right. now you're going to get this, uh, Rebecca shine. And, oh, you're gonna have a big pantry in a homestead house. Oh, yeah. you're gonna that's have really room. important. Yeah. You're going to have a sunroom. You're going to want to, you're going to want the living areas on the South side, taking advantage of that Southern side, that passive solar, uh, concept in a homestead, you're home a lot. So, so we have that sunroom for winter living and we'll be able to open it up to bring in the heat. For the inner, we're going to have a shade room. So the opposite of that on the on the more north side, where okay. shade and screened in to where it's this indoor outdoor living concept, and the shade room where you can have dinner in the evening in the summer, and it's and you're not going to burn up. <laughs> yeah, you guys get a lot more. See, I'm I'm way up in northern Michigan. I'm not just at the bottom. I'm like way up. <laughs> And um, you guys get a lot more heat in summer, longer summers down there. We get yes. the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just, last weekend, I just planted my garden. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then so my peppers are just, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And of course the invitation is open if you ever want to come on again. And um. Um, I'm just so thankful for your channel and I've enjoyed watching it and carry on and keep inspiring Yay. all of us. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thanks so, for having me. On. Yeah. Thank you. It was good having you. I'm super excited for, for this to get out to people and, um, inspire our listeners. I'm not, I've, I'm always surprised when I run into people that haven't heard of you <laughs> or even people that haven't heard of Joel. Oh, I know you'll be surprised. Um, you probably- to some people here. We went down to Monticello two years ago. My husband and I. It was the first time we had gone away without our kids. Oh, because <laughs> um, they just. I mean, we st- actually still have a twenty-five-year-old at home because we told the kids just stay home till whenever. We don't care. But um, and we stopped at Joel's, and I was itching so bad to stop at your place, <laughs> but we didn't. So, but maybe someday I'm going to get down to one of your events. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, thank you again, Justin. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, guys, that's it. 
I wanted to thank you guys for joining us. And you can go over to Justin's YouTube channel. Um, he also has an Instagram channel, and so does his wife has a separate one. They also have their Abundance Plus program, which is a private membership program and a private Facebook page that goes with that. There's a lot of stuff going on within Abundance Plus. You'll see it when you go to the website. I will put all those links in the show notes. Thanks again for joining. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I want to flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. It's a modern homestead. Build a modern homestead. A lot of folks don't understand why I wanna live this way. They've never eaten from their land like we do here every day snapping beans like grandma did sitting on her front porch hunting and fishing like a kid once you've done all of your chores it's a modern Today